Hi, I'm Justin Duell, and this is the Branching Out Podcast from Campbellsville Christian Church. This is a place for connecting the words of Scripture to our hearts, minds, hands, and feet, so we can better abide in Jesus, the one true vine. The result? Deeper roots that produce good fruit in every season of life. Welcome to episode number one of the Branching Out Podcast. And I figured the best place to begin would be in Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning of the Bible. And in Genesis 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning, God created. And I want to focus in on the first subject of the Bible, and that's God. The fourth word in our English Bibles is who this story is all about. And this, this book we read called the Bible, it is actually not a story primarily about us. Even though we do have a really important place in Scripture, this is a story that's all about God. I think one of the very first mistakes that we make in following Jesus is we forget whose story this is. We think this is a story all about us. We think the world revolves around ourselves And we put ourselves right in the middle of the story and try to take control. And it's easy to do that because, after all, you live life from your own perspective. I mean, what you know about life is based on what you see from your own eyes, what you hear with your ears, what you think in your head, what you feel in your heart. Your thoughts, your opinions, your experiences, that what shapes who you are. So you don't know what it's necessarily like to live as you know, somebody else because you don't see what they see or hear what they hear or have the same thoughts that they have. And so it's very easy and natural for us to think, well, this is, this is my story. It's about me, but it's a mistake to misidentify the main character in the Bible. We have to remember God is the main character. And that simple mistake of making ourselves the hero of the story leads to a number of problems. It leads, first of all, to thinking constantly, what does the Bible say to me? And that on itself is not a bad question to ask. You know, it's not bad when you're reading the Bible to ask, well, how does this apply to me? What does it mean? But in order to actually answer that question, you actually have to answer another question first, which is, what is God saying in this passage? You know, if we get those questions out of order, we might miss what God is trying to reveal about himself or what he's trying to tell us or the reason he even put uh, those words or that story in the Bible for us. And so we've got to make that first step of reminding ourselves this is not a story about us. This is a story about God where he is the main character and he is the hero. I find it fascinating that even Jesus doesn't make himself the hero of the Bible. Because you'd think if anybody has that right, it's Jesus. You know, but I think about that verse in Philippians chapter 2, specifically verse 6, where Paul writes, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So even Jesus was willing to submit to whatever it is that God wanted to do. He let God write the story instead of himself. And if he can do that, then surely we can do that too. 
So what is the fruit of living out God's story instead of your story? Well, as I was even trying to answer that question, I came up with a few things. First, I think it takes a lot of pressure off of you. Because you're not the one who has to save the world. God is the one who saves the world and has saved the world through his son Jesus and his death. But it's not up to us to save the world. I just think that takes a lot of pressure off because sometimes I think we put, we put a weight and a burden on ourselves that God did not mean for us to carry. One of the ways I see this play out is, um, is a lot of time as Christians, we talk about doing something really great for God, something really exciting for God. We just have to do something that will make him really proud of us. And that's, and that's noble to want to really do something great for God. But I see that leading to a lot of, a lot of stress and a lot of panic over, well, what's the big thing I've got to do for God? And I also think it takes away God's role in, in changing the world and us getting to be a part of it. Because when you recognize that this is God's story, then instead you are receiving from God what he wants to do instead of you trying to come up with and invent the next big thing that you have to do for God. God has got this under control. And so, yes, he wants to use us, but he doesn't need you to come up with some big revolutionary plan. He will work with you in whatever it is he's got going on, and he's way better at writing plans than any of us are. So when you put God back in the center of the story, the way it's supposed to be, you'll also notice that he gives very clear commands in the Bible. Sometimes I think we just overcomplicate what God tells us to do. I mean, he tells us, you know, to love him above all else. He tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. He says, pray for those who persecute you. He says, turn the other cheek. Uh, He says, go into all the world and make disciples. He says, you know, baptize everybody. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. He says to take care of, you know, the widows and orphans. And so when you really step back and think about it and put God back in the center, you go, okay, God has given us clear instructions, clear commands. Now, what can be a little bit frustrating those commands is we wish God was just even more specific. You know, at least for me, sometimes I get a little frustrated because I just wish God, instead of just saying, you know, to go into all the world and make disciples, I wish he would have like given very specific step-by-step instructions on here's exactly how I want you to do it. However, the flip side of that is God puts freedom into these commands. And so sort of imagine, you know, if you will, that you have a backyard with a fence. The fence creates clarity. So you can tell your kids, hey, you can go outside and run around, but you've got to stay inside the fence of the backyard. So the fence protects your kids from, you know, running into the neighbor's yard or running out into the street. It also protects other people from coming into your backyard. You know, it might protect your kid from a stray dog that's just running around the neighborhood or whatever. But God's commands are much the same way. It's like he's put up a fence. So he said, love widows and orphans, for example. So that's the fence. So anything we do inside of that fence to love widows and orphans is fair game. And so a lot of us, I think we just get a little too overcomplicated in those commands and then we don't do anything instead of recognizing the freedom because this is God's story. And so just inviting God to tell us, hey, God, how would you like me to do this? Or just looking around for those, those um, obvious and open opportunities. So God, because it's his story, he gives us clarity, but he also gives us freedom at the exact same time. Something else I think about, though, 
is that if you remember that this is God's story and not your story, that produces humility in you. And it produces humility in you in two different directions. One is you can't take yourself too seriously because God's actually the hero. So when you do something very creative and impressive and wonderful, you know, you can't say, oh, look at me. Look how great I am. Aren't you all so glad I'm a Christian? Because, man, if it weren't for me, this would be a wreck, wouldn't it? Say, hey, God, aren't you so proud of me? And, well, sure, God's proud of you. God loves you. But you don't get to puff yourself up. You can't, you know, inflate your head or puff out your chest because, well, look what I did, God. Aren't you so glad I came to the rescue? Because the truth is, God can work it out with or without you. He's glad you were part of it, but you can't puff yourself up because really God had a huge role in helping you do whatever it is that you did that you're so proud of to begin with. So it can't puff you up too much, but on the other side, you can't beat yourself up too much either because God invites all of us to be a part of his mission and a part of his story. And as you read through the pages of scripture, it should become very obvious to you all the different ways and all the different kinds of people that God uses. He uses people who are complete train wrecks in their life. He takes people who had severe moral failures and he still uses them. So that's great encouragement to us. And so if you feel like, man, God doesn't use me for anything. I don't feel like I've done anything impressive. I don't think I've done anything very worthy Well, the reality is it's not up to you to make God proud of you. It's not up to you to do something so just so incredible and worthy because God has done all the work. He has saved you from your sin and from death. He has made you one of his own children and he's gifted you the Holy Spirit. So you get to be a part of this story. So that lifts you up. So when you feel really down and kind of want to beat yourself up that you're not doing a good job, God actually lifts you up because it's not your story. It's his story. So it produces humility both directions, you see, because it doesn't, it can't raise you up too high because you're not as responsible as you think you are. God's actually takes most of the credit. But then when you feel like you're not doing a good job, well, it may not have as much to do with you as you think. Sure, you can learn. Sure, you can grow. Sure, there's always ways we can do better and be more obedient, but there might be other things at play that God is working on. And so you can't take yourself too lowly either. So when we place God back in the middle of the story, the fruit that comes from that is greater freedom to obey him and find joy in that. But it also brings humility. And so as you continue to think about that, find ways in your own life that you can remind yourself that God is in the center. And maybe you need to come up with just a little saying you give to yourself, or maybe you need to memorize a verse, or maybe you just need to put... I don't know, a sticky note or something somewhere that you will read often that will just simply remind you that this is his story. It's not your story. Yes, we're all part of it, but God is the main character. And so let's, instead of trying to create and come up and put all the pressure on ourselves, let's instead receive from God and listen to what the author is already up to. 